The lights in the distance twinkled from the bridge of the dropship, but Heidi Sterling, Anth Otter commander of the rescue mission, knew they were neither stars nor planets. They were portals, with the light of the worlds beyond leaking through them like holes in a sieve. One of the portals led home, though which one exactly was a carefully guarded secret, which she knew. Her whiskers twitched a little in apprehension, wrinkling her dark brown fur. Here, they were so close, yet they dare not pass through. Something had already done them the dubious honor of visiting from the other side, which was why they were here. A ship from home. Visits from home were exceedingly rare and unwelcome. Part of Heidi's job was to ensure they ended in a one-way trip, preferably non-violently. From the initial scans after the temporal stabilizer went up, it looked like that would not be a problem. What weapon emplacements the ship had were still smoldering, sparking craters from whatever action it engaged in previously. The ship had barely made it through, as though it had been through a war. Gashes and carbon scoring littered the hull. Heidi could see several venting plumes of gas from the wounds the ship had sustained. At least its hangar had been well protected. Even if it was suspiciously open, with only the containment field holding the atmosphere in. We'll sit down in there, Heidi told her two pilots, one an Anth Bear, Olga Rostovson, the other an Anth Fox, Joseph von Faulkner. Whether or not the fox was related to the famous clan of foxes, Heidi did not know, but he was cleared to know the secret of the portal, rare for an Anthish pilot. Time to see what brought them here, she said. No need to tell us. All the same, can't say I'm too comfortable. Bring us in now. The fox gave her a flirty wink from his chair. The symbol dominated the hangar which their dropship set down in. It looked like a streamlined clockwork eye. Dr. Alexander Steele, tall, bespectacled, knowledgeable, but most importantly, human as he was, he didn't understand what all the fuss was about. He had come at the recommendation of the Anth Fox. He had also just about filled the archway of the bridge. So what's with the eye thing, and why are all the Anth freaking out about it? That is the symbol of the Gestalt, the people who kicked us off our home planet, Heidi said with growing surliness. In the light of the dropship's cramped bridge, Dr. Steele could see the Anth daughter's teeth. She really was upset. It was seven generations ago, and now one of their ships has found us. In the place we fled to be safe. So, this ship looks like a bucket of bolts and wires held together with duct tape and bailing wire. What threat? Dr. Steele countered, taking in the sights of antiquated tech visible from the window. There was still an antique rack of pneumatic tools over on the wall. This looks like an old ship. They could be tracking it. Not sure I want to rescue anything that has to do with them. The otter mumbled. Dr. Steele turned to look at her. Heidi, don't you even think of going there. Regardless of their politics, you're here to help whatever lost souls are left on this wreck of the ship. For someone who had a reputation for a mad scientist, he seemed surprisingly caring. Olga, the Anthbear co-pilot, had heard them and decided to join in the conversation. They were, maybe still are, monsters. Glad my family left before that happened, the fox said a bit sadly. Even if some of us didn't make it. 
Heidi paused. She would have to ask him about it later, perhaps. The remnants managed to launch themselves in colony ships through the portal. We thought we were a bit of these creeps. The Anth Otter said. Oh, Dr. Steele couldn't fault them for their behemoths after that. Dealing with computer-based problems was the reason why he was brought along on this mission. That, and he really didn't have a dog in this fight. But that does not mean we should not do a proper job on searching the ship, he countered. The other ants looked apprehensive still, particularly Joseph. So Heidi decided to break the tension a little bit. She did not want the human to feel too awkward about their ancient past problems, either. The otter pulled out and rattled her spray can. On the plus side, this is a golden opportunity to deface their property, all in the name of rescuing their sorry tales. Assuming there are any survivors, we could have a derelict here. Steele managed to say, even though he looked like he was resisting the urge to laugh at this point. He was. Primarily because he knew that a joke about marking territory would have been in poor taste with the anthropomorphic crew in front of him. I do not know about you, but I am ready to mark territory. The thickly accented anth bears further remarks sent Steele over the edge. Who could not resist letting out a hearty guffaw any longer? <laughs> Heidi shook her head, deciding not to question the human's reaction. Best to keep the former mad scientist happy and stable, but try not to make him outright laugh in the future. They needed him, but the human's laugh was unsettling. Heidi felt her suit's visor fog up as she breathed on it. The bay was cold, a good sign. It meant the ship's cooling systems were still working, and that there was an atmosphere. They all took the task of tagging the massive brass inlay to heart. Heidi had to say it did look much better in fluorescent shades of blue, orange, pink, and green. Much better than the oppressive bronze-gold ornament that watched them land. But they didn't have too much time for street art projects. They had to figure out what brought this ship to center space. It was then she noticed the strangeness in the air, sort of a floating ash that was barely perceptible. It drifted in and around their heads, showing up in the spotlights. Had there been a fire? She checked the radiation meter. Slightly elevated, but well within everyone's tolerances. But elevated levels of thermal radiation had to indicate something. Is anyone else getting a reading on the radiation? Joseph asked as he flipped the visor down on his helmet to get better scans. Steele started using his own sensors. Almost immediately, he pointed straight up. Well, there's your radiation problem. Heidi looked up to see, and her jaw dropped. There were plasma vents, but they were fused open. Generally, a hangar deck only got plasma vented if all the crew in it were dead and the ship had to repel boarders. These were fused open because they had been used for so long. Weapons out, Heidi said softly. They may be acting as search and rescue, but she did not want any kind of alien surprises. Maybe hostiles. The human had no outright weapons. Olga, on the other hand, hefted a massive laser cannon just as useful for cutting through doors as for suppressive fire. There was nothing to use the weapons on, though, at least in the hangar. Once they had secured the hangar, scouting every corner, it was time to go explore the rest of the ship. Nobody was to go alone. The ship's corridors proved even eerier than the hangar. They were dark, and everyone switched on their flashlights. Olga's was better than standard issue, flooding the darkness ahead of them with light, so the amp there took point. Heidi left a mark with her spray paint can every few feet so they could quickly retreat if things got nasty. Steel kept an eye out on the sensors. Everything seemed dead there, too. The most disturbing thing that grew on them over time was that everything 
had a tinge of a scorch to it, except the computers. The computers they had come across seemed to be targeted for a different kind of destruction. They had been all smashed with some sort of blunt instrument. Steele whistled over the radio channel. Someone's a major fan of percussive maintenance. You sure you even need me? Some computer is keeping the temperature habitable for us. Olga grunted as she shifted some debris out of the way of a door they needed to get through. The bear's strength was indeed formidable. It's getting stuffy in this suit. Permission to take it off. Heidi could sympathize. Ant of all sorts, but particularly of the polar variety, hardly ever liked spacesuits. They were very hard to keep cool in. I recommend to keep the suits on, Steele said. Anything in control of the environment can mess with us far more than I am comfortable with. Soon enough, they stood outside the door that was marked for the bridge. Steele took a couple seconds longer to realize it as he had to translate. At this, the human quickly set to work using tools to rip out panels, gain access to security systems, and clear away some of the carbon scoring that was making it hard to see the lettering on the panels. So, who's going first? Steele asked as he turned to the order in command. Great question. Who is going first? Will it be Steele, the mad scientist human, Heidi, the intrepid otter, Olga, the strong bear, or Joseph von Faulkner, the mysterious fox? Tune in next episode to find out.